Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. Prepare to join me on a sonic and spiritual odyssey with Vailana Marcus, a mesmerizing visionary whose work in sound alchemy and holistic healing defies categorization. From her awe-inspiring album Goddess Rise to her transformative ethos as a permission slip for human potential, Vailana is here to redefine the way we engage with art, music, and our innermost selves. In today's episode of the Superhumanized podcast, we delve into the alchemical blend of mysticism and melody that is Vailana Marcus. She's not just a musician, she is a medicine woman, a sound alchemist, a Polynesian dancer, and above all, an agent of transformation. With her music acting as a resonant conduit for universal truths, Vailana orchestrates an all-encompassing journey from the ashes of pain to the liberating heights of self-love and spiritual awakening. We'll discuss her album, Goddess Rise, which serves both as a deeply personal autobiography and an evocative call to arms for the listener to awaken their divine essence. What does it mean to be a permission slip for others? How can embracing the full spectrum of your humanity, shadows and all, lead to unimaginable growth? We also touch on themes as potent as embracing feminine energy in a world often dismissive of it, the societal implications for women globally, and the art of sexual magic. Join us for an episode ripe with wisdom as we explore the transformative power of music, the necessity of community, the healing potential of embracing one's shadow, and so much more. Tune in and rise with us as we invite you to discover your truest self, break free from societal impositions, and live in the permission of your fullest expression. Welcome to the realm of Vailana Marcus, where sound isn't just heard, it's felt. Where music isn't just melody, it's medicine. And where art isn't just expression, it's embodiment. Welcome to a world where you are invited to be superhuman. Welcome to the Superhumanize Podcast. I'm Ariana Summer, and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically, and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting-edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized Podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Vailana, welcome. I cannot tell you how pleased I am to get to connect with you today and pick your amazing brain and dive <laughs> into your soul and what motivates you. Thank you so much. I feel so absolutely honored to, to be here with you and for you to pick my brain. <laughs> Thank you for desiring to pick it. Oh, 100%. I just mentioned to you before we press record, I've been following your work and the offerings you put into this world for quite a while. And you are embodying, filling so many roles. You are a creatrix is what comes to mind. 
You're a musician. I've, you're like a sound alchemist. I've heard you call that. You're a medicine woman. And in, in my eyes, you truly are also a leader and you embody what it means to be an empowered woman. And it's just such a joy to see you, whether you're on social media, whether you talk about really important topics on a podcast or listening to your music. And something that has been mentioned about you and that I found also so beautiful is that amongst the many things that you're called, you're also called a permission slip. And <laughs> I think that's something you also like. Can you explain to us what that means, that description, and why is permission so important? Sure. I, I was feeling as I was just receiving that really stupendous introduction that I wanted to allow that to land in my body for a second because I notice how occasionally and, and, and maybe people can relate to this when we receive such the gift of just receiving your reflection of me and how you see me and how we don't always let that settle for a moment and just like actually receive it. So I just wanted to let my body fully receive everything that you just said because it was very, it was a gift. So first and foremost, thank you. Thank you for that introduction and, and, and for everything that you said deeply received. And my whole body is like buzzing with gratitude. So thank you first and foremost. Yeah. So permission slip is ultimately the thing that feels the most exciting and enlivening for me is to be of service. If, if I'm doing anything, and, and it's not to say that I don't get something out of all of these things that I do, I'm ultimately, I'm living in my dharma in the greatest way. And that from a soul perspective is nourishing as it could possibly be. And also like directly in, directly with that is this sense of the service is actually the gift. So everything that I look out at my life of how I could be of service to the world through my own particular unique gifts is the thing that feels like the most fulfilling, rewarding thing possible. And so the permission flip aspect is how can I, through my sharing, whether it's through my music or through a podcast or through an interaction I might have on social media or through our shit for service container, how can my story and the transformation that I have been through then be medicine for other people? And the permission slip is in the fact that we are all so much more alike than we are different. If I could, for the, the number of people who have reached out to me and been like, wow, I just watched this podcast that you did with Aubrey or whoever. And it, feel, it felt like you were speaking directly into my wounding. And to feel that sense of feeling so unbelievably seen to a degree that you could maybe not even articulate yourself, to feel that somebody else's story shares so much resonant, resonance with what you might not even be able to put words through to and see that they were able to overcome whatever, whatever that difficulty may have been that's a permission slip. It's like, I am not better than anybody. I am not more special. I am not more gifted. I'm just 
being uniquely myself and finding my way through life with all of the tools that I have been given. And from the, as I was mentioning in the beginning, it's like the, the thing that drives me the most is being of service. And the greatest way to be of service is to be a permission slip, to be the embodiment that shows people I am not any different from you. I do mm. not have it all together. Sometimes mm. I am a mess. Sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I'm jealous. Sometimes I'm chaotic and crazy and bitchy and moody. Sometimes I'm fucking brilliant and I own it. Sometimes I am absolutely magical and just so connected to something greater that what comes out of me because I give it the permission is a gift. It's like allowing myself to be the full spectrum of my being so that other people can see a model of what is possible and so that they can actually see themselves within my own story because I can't, I can't actually be anyone else. I can only be like my own unique soul signature and express that. But for them to see that the healing that they desire is possible, the relationship that they desire is possible, to get beyond the wounding that they have felt stuck in for the entirety of their lives. Like I'm 35 and I'm still healing a lot of stuff. Like it may seem like I've been through a lot of transformation and initiations and beautiful and painful things, and I'm still figuring it out. And maybe, maybe I'm just like right ahead of you, and there's a little golden nugget of wisdom in me sharing what I've been through that then becomes a permission slip for you. But I think that's really the path of what I see as the healer is not to be the person that someone has to go to be healed, but it's the person that helps inspire the recognition that you are your own healer. Nobody can give it to you. If you have the willingness and the, and the desire to heal, to expand, um, that all of it lies within you. And here are the tools to get you there. The permission slip, I think, is also in the, look, this is what worked for me. And this is not going to be for everybody, but this is what worked for me. And this is what I am offering to you as a tool and a guidebook. And if it works for you, fucking amazing. Or maybe your thing is something different. But the permission slip is so important because it really calibrates oneself to being in, really being in integrity to what's true. Like I said, some days my truth is super messy and not admirable. I will be totally frank. Sometimes there's that one comment on Instagram that is just so mean and brutal and it hit me right at the perfect moment to just get like a response out of me. And then I have to go through this whole saga of melodrama and my body of how to process it. And it's just, but being in, being in integrity with what is true gives people the permission to also be with what is true for them. None of us are perfect. None of us are only light and love. We're a full spectrum being. That is, if, if your light and love is like all the way over here, like your capacity for darkness is also that great. And if you never allow yourself to meet those places, you're not really a fully integrated being. And people can sense that and they pick up on it and maybe they don't totally feel like they can relax with you or trust you or whatever it may be. But 
I think when you're, when you are embodying everything, when it's authentic and when it's real, it makes people also feel like I can be imperfect. I can fuck up. I can be moody sometimes. I can maybe be a little bit jealous when maybe I don't feel like I should be. It's just no, the permission is be all of it mm-hmm. and that all of it is valid. All of it is fucking gorgeous and all of it is powerful. And so, yeah, that's a very long winded and all over the place way of saying, I think that's one of the most important things that we could do for the world, even if it impacts one person. Like I, I have put out sound healings. I I taught myself actually how to record sound healings in the beginning. And so if you listen to my older music, it's not great sound quality, but I felt if I can put this out and maybe one person resonates with it and then they get access to listen to it as much as they want. Perfect. That's literally helping one person in the collective, which then the entire collective raises because of that one person's healing. Would it be amazing for it to be global and everyone listen to sound healing? Like, yes. And if it's just one person that it's impacting, how dare you not share your gift? And I think we look at things from this perspective of, I can't, we like hold ourselves back because it's like, I can't, I can't do it because maybe people won't really resonate it or da 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 It's like you call the people to you that are going to resonate with your message, with your medicine. And in, in just that was a little bit of a tangent, but it's like it, just in taking that step forward where you are in your like full authentic expression and then sharing that with people, if it helps one, two, 10 or maybe thousands of millions. Fuck yeah. We all came here to leave this place better than when we found it. We didn't just come here to destroy the planet and use everything up and hate each other and be divisive. And it's like, I'm not living in that story. And I don't believe that's true. I believe that we came at this time to make a significant impact so that our children and our children's children can hopefully live on this planet and a more beautiful world, as Charles Eisenstein would say, that our hearts know is possible. And I think to tie it all back, I'm very feminine in the way that I think it's like very circular and like all over the place. But to bring it back to the permission slip conversation is that is how you do it. You witness the permission slip in others. And maybe you look to my relationship with my husband and you feel very inspired by the love that we have. And It's a permission slip because you then think that it's possible that love like that exists. So then you know what you're looking for, whatever it may be. And then being the permission slip that's being in your radically authentic nature that then gives other people the permission slip to find that within themselves. So it's like this beautiful ripple effect where Mm -hmm. it just makes a profound impact just by these like potentially small choices that you make. And that's ultimately, that's all that I want to do. Like I want to help the most people. I'm not taking it on as like my sole responsibility or something like that. There are billions of people on this planet because everyone has their purpose that they came to serve. But if I could, if I can, through the process of really knowing myself and sharing myself in that way, help people, like it's always going to be the most rewarding thing and the most exciting and enlivening thing for me. 
Beautiful. Thank you, Vailana, for sharing that. And it resonates so deeply with me. And you've shared some things that I think are really key for one, to to living all aspects of yourself, to be connected to your deepest truth and actually also bring that forth and manifest it in life. Uh, I found that the teachers that have been most impactful for me are actually those that are living and leading by example. And you certainly mm, right. that. And you thank mentioned you. something. Yeah, thank you. And mm. you mentioned that it's so important that we see the that there's so much more alike about us than there's different. I feel that we're taught in our culture, which of course, especially right now, is going through a very divisive time, we're taught to see the differences first and similarities. It's like somebody put these glasses on us and you have to take these glasses off. And when we share from our deepest truth, our deepest humanity, from our most beautiful imperfections, that's when we can rise. And As you also said, it, I, I also have these feelings often oh, to share of me. Why do I need to share? Oh, who needs this? Or even yeah. if it helps only one person, even if it helps only yourself, I very strongly believe you elevate yourself in one way or the other. You elevate the entire rest of the human family. There are ripple effects that we're not even aware of in our conscious minds. So, For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're on any kind of path to a path of consciousness and and self-awareness or or a spiritual path, there is somebody who's still behind you and theirs. So it might seem like, oh, I watch Tony Robbins and I'm not Tony Robbins, so I can't do that. It's like there are billions of people on the planet and and everyone needs a lot of help. (laughs) I need a lot of help and I get it from my own teachers that have far exceeded where I'm at in my life. So it's just we can if we can all really help each other to elevate and just trust that we all came here to do something significant. Yeah. We're all teachers and students at the same time. And everybody has their sources that may teach them if you're open to get and willing and seeking to get taught. And for some it may be Tony Robbins. For somebody else it might be somebody that lives next door. And just Mm -hmm. through daily kindness up something in their soul and facilitates their growth. You also said in your case, of course, you are you and you are very feminine and everything that you do. And thank goodness you are you. (laughs) (laughs) Your life and your work has a really strong focus on like the full potency of the feminine expression. And I would like to know more about your journey as a woman where do you where are you now and yeah. from this point of the now what would you share with the little girl Vailana from mm. way back then mm-hmm. yeah where I'm at now is actually I'm so happy to be speaking from this place because I have been I started about six weeks ago pleasure tri certification with Mama Gina Mm-hmm. And so I am in a container of a bunch of women who are really trying to connect back to their body, their radiance, their pussy, which I used to be uncomfortable about even saying. And now it's like the most glorious, exciting goddess imaginable. Um, and so I'm in this container where we're 
yeah, we're just connecting deeply back to our truth and back to our power. And it's funny because there was actually a, like a small, we have a breakout group called a pod. And I actually had in the beginning of this program, I had quite a bit of resistance for different reasons to just being in the container in that way where I get really overwhelmed by group chats and I have had some interesting things happen just because I'm my husband's wife and I'm very kind. It's just people trying to use me to get opportunities and just interesting things. I was very resistant to being in this WhatsApp group and decided I got a very clear guidance in a meditation to do it. It's okay. I'm just going to trust that this container is sacred. I can trust these women, even though I don't know any of them, and it's all going to be good. And so it's been six weeks now, and the support and celebration that I have felt in this particular container is literally changing my life. And I would have said before this container with the feminine that my relationships to my the sisters in my life is like the best it's ever been. I feel the most seen that I've ever felt. I feel the most celebrated, the most supported. And then arriving to this other layer where we're going really deep together. And these are all women that were totally strangers to me six weeks ago. And the nourishment that I feel from that feminine support is Like I said, it's changing my life in ways that I didn't even know that I needed. And I bring that up because my relationship to the feminine growing up was not that. I actually, I remember when I was in college, I had to take this women's studies course to just as a requirement for my major. And it was literally my nightmare. Like at the time, this is in college and my, I don't know, I'm maybe like 19 or 20. And At the time, just being around the feminine to me was like, women are, they're catty and they're really dramatic. And I used to just be not feminist whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Like I was like the guy's girl. I love sports and all the things. And that was just the way that I operated. So I actually had like a, not a very intimate relationship to the feminine growing up. Like I would say actually quite opposite. Like Mm -hmm. I was in some ways like repulsed by the feminine and I just didn't resonate. I didn't get it. And also all of my wounding came from feminine female relationships in my family when I was young. So there was never a part of me that actually felt like being really sensitive and nurturing and vulnerable and expressive. It it almost felt like fitting myself into the man's world in the way that the men in my life wanted me to be, I would chameleon myself into. So there was never any grounded sense of femininity whatsoever. I also took a hyper-masculine approach to avoiding pain where I became very numbed out and like, I have to just be strong. I can't cry in front of people. Like, I'm not going to be weak. And that started like really early on, maybe when I was like, 14, my parents had gotten a divorce. And instead of actually tuning into all of the pain and suffering of that time, some young part of me that had no idea just decided to be the strong one. And so it has, it is still taking me. So I'm 35 now and I had lived the majority of my life having very strained relationships with women, like a lot of betrayal, like the depth of sister wounds was like 
what the fuck, right? I just felt like I had no idea how to fully resonate and trust the feminine because whenever I allowed the feminine to get really close to me, it ended up in some kind of a weird betrayal of the friendship. And I've never felt safe in feminine relationships before. So now fast forward and I'm in this container where I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is taking what I already knew as a beauty, beauty and power of relationship to the feminine and elevating it and exploding it to this place that I never even thought possible, that I'd recognize even with all of the work that I have done, I'm still getting in touch with my own feminine. It's wild to, I'm, I'm in the process right now of witnessing all the places where I have not trusted, I have been jealous, I have been in competition. It's been a direct conflict with the feminine that is still holding itself in some parts of my body that I'm still unwinding. So for those of you who actually know me and my music and what I do, I would say that I am very expressed in my feminine. If you think about the feminine from a polarity expression, I feel that I anchor that essence, the feminine essence really well. My ability to be in a space of really deeply listening to the subtle whispers of the universe, to the wisdom of my body. When I've been in any kind of plant medicine ceremony or any kind of psychedelic ceremony, the kind of healing energies that come through my hands or my voice, I, I feel like I'm very activated in my feminine. And it's something that continues to expand the more that I give it permission. And I think another initiation that I, I really had to go through is was the, was the purpose of my whole album, Goddess Rise, which was an initiation that I went through with the Hindu goddess Kali Ma. And for those of you who don't know Kali, Kali is this divine feminine archetype that is absolutely like wildly unbridled ferocious. And she is the devourer, the destroyer of darkness. So, you know, like in some of the myths, it's like there's a, a, there's a demon or a force that Durga and these other warrior goddesses just cannot kill and then pops Kali from Durga's eye and her ability to just like wildly defeat any adversary that is darkness and transmute it into light is it's wild. And it's very, it's very confronting because one of the things that she initiated me in was really being in the full ownership of my dark feminine. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, okay, like I'm love and light and I can have compassion and I can deeply listen to people and I'm really connected to my intuition. I'm connected to my body. I'm really grounded and connected to the earth. I know how to listen to nature. Like all of those things are beautiful and they're necessary. And they're only part of you. And being initiated into the dark feminine, that is Kali's energy is not for the faint of heart. For the faint of heart. No, it's it will blow up all the ways that your ego is attaching to things that are not serving your dharma and your highest purpose. And so it's insanely confronting. So in that initiation for me, like my dark goddess was was witnessing myself in all of these shadow aspects that I would not look at, that I had 
so much shame around. Mm-hmm. And being in our feminine nature, or at least for me, has been so full spectrum. It has not just been the essence of the polarity of what does the feminine represent, but it's been this more full spectrum of all the way dark, all the way light. And I guess I'll just give it an example that's bit that come up for me recently because I actually think that it's really important and I think it might be valuable for people to hear. Part of my recognition of my dark feminine, I had a meditation assisted with some medicine that I did recently and I was getting some body work done. When in in our body, it holds a lot of unresolved energy. Like in the fascia, the visions that I'll have when they're working on like some parts of my fascia that's really sticky and really tight is insane. Like people from when I was in high school that I need to forgive or so many things that your body is holding. So when you have disruptions in your body, very likely an invitation for you to work through some energy that has not been that has not been worked with yet. Yeah. So there's a really great book uh, for those in the audience who'd like to do a deeper dive. The body keeps the score. Oh, we highly recommend it. And somatic work is so important. So please tell us. So important. There's so many, there's so many levels to healing, right? There's, and I'll get back to my point, but it's, there's the physical level that's really important. There's the more subtle level that I have reached in like a tobacco ceremony or maybe a despacho. There's just so many different, there's the very spiritual level where you can experience things from a totally like higher dimensional purview, but it's the healing needs to take place on all of those levels. You can't just extract one and then the mind isn't in resonance. Like It's mind, body, soul. Is re- the healing is really important on all levels or so I've found. So Aubrey was actually doing some work on me and he was working on my right side. And there's a particular partner that I had in my past that was the most toxic relationship I've ever been in. And despite all of the work that I have done around past relationships where there was a lot of manipulation, emotional abuse, lying, cheating, like a lot of partnerships that I had prior to my husband were very difficult. Like I was not experiencing love in the way that I do now. So for those of you who struggle in relationships, like I feel you and I completely see you. And I think that this may be somewhat helpful. He's working on my right side and automatically in my vision space, I see this past partner's face. And he's the one person because it was just so volatile and toxic that I have not been able to like fully forgive. I don't feel when I think of him, I don't feel neutral. My goal is always at least to get to neutrality because I don't want to be holding any of that. It's for me. It's not about them. It's about healing for myself. And I've never been able to get to a place of neutrality. So he shows up and I'm like, okay, let's go. What do we need to do here? And what I saw was There is an aspect of my psyche and my being, which I would go so far as to name my own dark goddess, my own dark feminine, that actually enjoyed and get and got off by the drama. So it was like it. There was a part of me that was like, "Yeah, bring come on, bring it." Where there was like this weird dark eroticism. Yeah. To the chaos and the tension of I hate you and then make up sex and then more craziness. And and consciously, I would never, ever think that because I was so miserable. I betrayed myself. I've had to heal for years 
because of that relationship and then everything that came after that relationship. So in my conscious awareness, I would never think like there was a part of me that actually wanted that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was a dark and I was like surfing with that part of me that was had a kick around the craziness of the drama. And what I saw was that the longer that I hold him in judgment and shame as like this outside externalized figure that caused me pain, which is ultimately being a victim, I'm also not in the full acknowledgement of the part of me that was in resonance and deciding to participate with that energy. And what I then did afterwards, after I explained this whole thing to Aubrey, it was like, oh my God. So my spiritual work is to actually call that part of me back in. Instead of being like, I'm not neutral to him. He was, I'll just use the real words that I would think in my head because it's authentic. Like he was a piece of shit, like those kinds of words. Like that's what comes to mind when I think of this person still. And when I'm just externalizing my woundedness, like as hit into him as a figure, I'm not allowing myself to fully own my own darkness that desired, actually called that in yeah. to for my soul to participate and understand the depths of contrast in relationship, in relating to myself, in relating to the masculine. Like that was learning mm -hmm. and your soul learning and and it was all part of and this is the beautiful part of it is all of that stuff that i'm still processing now that was all the inspiration for the greatest piece of art that i have ever created because i then learned and i'm still transmuting it i learned the different kinds of tools to transmute that for myself and then the universe just opened up the cosmos and was like, okay, you're now ready to bring through this very unique piece of art that you are the vibrational match to bring through. And only I could do it. Not to say that other people couldn't have done that. I think if I, I I'm not saying that it was like divinely gifted to me, but I think that my, the particular path that I have taken throughout my life with all the wounding, with the pain with the unexpressed rage, with the grief that was beneath the rage, like all of those things and how I ultimately learned how to heal from them made me a vibrational match to bring through something really extraordinary. And wow, I just went super off on a tangent, but I think being connected to the feminine is, I think the, the way that most people look at it, it's very myopic. Extremely. And I think it's, it's very, so powerful what you brought up about celebrating also the darkest aspects. And yeah. with Kali, for those in the audience who don't know much about Kali, you have this goddess with the tongue sticking out and all the garlands of skulls around her mm -hmm. neck. And she's dancing. She's standing on like a carpet of bodies. And yeah. for giving expression or to that, giving permission to that is so powerful and giving permission to what you just mentioned, this part in yourself talking, thank you for sharing about this relationship of yours and how it still had a hold on you, giving permission to yourself to actually, that there's a part in you that wants that. And you mentioned the word kink. You're probably familiar with the book Existential Kink of Carolyn Elliott. Yeah. So yeah. In, yeah. So in order to actually let go of these things, instead of repressing and shaming them, to actually embracing them and celebrating yeah. them, and then it transmutes. And then yeah. you 
become a channel for something greater, such as you did with your work and putting your album out. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And it's like what you resist persists. Yeah. If you fear or you're so in shame about an aspect of yourself mm. and your expression and you just reject it, you're just fracturing off parts of yourself and you're losing a sense of your own like divinity and your own power. Like I, I think we I think because we're in such a dualistic consciousness where it's like yeah. good or bad, good, evil, and it's people don't allow as much in their curiosity and in their mind to be more in like a spectrum. Mm. But to understand also what I was feeling when I was really connecting to that aspect of myself was like, that is also God. It's also God. It was also what my soul was calling in for me to learn very specific and distinct lessons because then how I would heal and be the permission slip for people later. Like all of it is perfect. And, and if you look at, if you look at things and exile them, you're cutting off places of your own power. Yeah. So for those of you who would really love to get deeply intimate with yourself, I wouldn't really necessarily say, I feel like when people are ready, Kali comes to you, like she finds her way. And that was how it was in my experience. I really didn't actually know very much about her at all. Um, but she came in right at the time when I was really ready to confront the things that I needed to confront. But again, it's like when you can, how much do you trust somebody who's gone so deep into their own darkness and come out of it and really is coming from a place of authority to choose to be light? How much do you trust that person or the person that's just like meditating 24-7 and like their shadow doing, doing all these things? Like, yeah. do, you, do you trust the person that you can really relate to because they are so human as well? Yeah. Or do I trust, trust the person who knows their demons. I am afraid yeah. of the person who does not know their demons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, I think that, and I think that's a really beautiful, and I know I went on tangents, but I think that's a beautiful, that's, that's a whole person of purpose of my music and my art is like for women to feel the permission to go into these places that we have exiled and not made, just not given ourselves the permission. Like this is important to you, not giving ourselves, but also as sisters not trusting each other. And you mentioned something before that I think is really important uh, to talk about and to bring forth in the cultural consciousness, which is the sister wound. I think what you're doing right now with uh, Mama Gina, who I only know from online, but who's such an amazing healer and all things feminine, that's so beautiful that you're having this experience now. I'm going through something similar. I'm 45 now. We just created a women's circle where we just hold space each other, heal, and mm -hmm. like yourself from, if I remember, what you just shared with us a little while ago resonates so deeply. So the feminine was always a little bit more of a threat. If I also look at the relationship with my parents and certain things that went on there and how the typical toxic male behavior affected the marriage and then also as children. So the feminine from the outside was always like a threat. We're taught, I feel like we were taught a lot in our culture that other females are, there's a rivalry, there's competition. And to be able to walk into a room and see, you know, the feminine in all its iterations and all its beauty and be celebrating it 
whether it's somebody's energy, somebody's looks, somebody's talent. It took me many years to, of self-work to get into that space where I can now celebrate it. If I think of myself you know, 20 years ago, it was always something in the back of my head calculating how may I win, how may I lose. And <laughs> it's so important that we become aware of it so we can let that shit go, right? Yeah. There's power and sisterhood and elevating and celebrating ourselves. Yeah. I could not agree more. It's I, I think like one of the biggest one of the biggest things that you can do to keep yourself from your power is to reject sisterhood. And I learned this the hard way from just always being like, no, like I handle everything myself. I don't need to have support. I don't need to show my emotions. I don't need to like go there with women to then being on my spiritual path where I actually felt this sense of trust with women, like trying to compete with me or trying to like make me smaller because they'll feel more comfortable or they're like, like I actually had my first taste of what healthy feminine relationships feel like. And this is like in my thirties, like this wasn't like it happened very much earlier than that. And it's still relatively new for me. It's something that I'm like still learning how to like fully allow myself to relax into. But when you do, there are some things that like I've been going through things at some point and my husband is, he's extraordinary. He's just, he's the best. I could go, I could talk about him. Yeah. For those Um, who don't know, your husband is Aubrey Marcos, the founder of Onnit, fantastic supplements, lifestyle brand. And he also has a super popular, amazing podcast, the Aubrey Marcus podcast. I'm a big fan. So for those of you who <laughs> don't know about him yet, I highly recommend a very wise and warm-hearted teacher and visionary in his own right and a man of uh, excellent uh, decision-making as he shows by, has shown by marrying you amongst many Thank others. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I wasn't expecting that one. Yeah, thank you. He's so amazing. The way that he shows up in everything that he does, like it's exactly as I know him. Like there isn't a part of him that he hides behind anything. Like he's so authentic and so vulnerable. And his ability to hold space for me and all of my feminine energy that's like all over the place. Like I totally get moody and sometimes I'm moving through big energies that just take a period where I might be going through a big initiation and I'm a little bit depressive and it's I'm not joyful and my like my typical exuberant self um and and his ability to hold yeah and it's and that's the thing that's beautiful about our relationship is like there's full permission to just be exactly as I am and so I show up as exactly as I am I'm not trying to change it or be something different so that it's like better for him or anyone like he really is his ability to just hold me exactly where I'm at is next level and blessing yeah there are some things like for instance when I was when I was bringing through my song into the fire that's about sacred rage it's ultimately about sacred rage and grief and when I was recording that song, we were producing it. I was singing and going back and forth. So we were working on the song for a month and a half. And that particular transmission required me to put Vailana on the altar for a moment because for the energetics of what wanted to come through in my voice had to be really authentic. 
And so I was connecting to like the abuse and violation of the collective feminine for a month and a half straight. And it was one of the most difficult periods of my life where I really didn't know if I would be able to complete that song because I was so depressed and anything that I tried to reach for that's like my normal ways of feeling myself again or feeling gratitude or working out or maybe sex or hape a practice that I do anything mm-hmm. that I would try to do to just c- connect to myself because I couldn't feel myself nothing would work I was weak when I tried to work out or if we tried to make love it was like hurting for some reason it was like every single thing the universe was like no you're going to be in it right now because it has to be real And I was with Aubrey for all of that time and he did his best. He was amazing at trying to hold space for me and support me and didn't try to change anything, but just was there for me. And it wasn't until we went to Sedona for my birthday and we're there with a group of friends and my whole birthday, I just cried because I just, I still was moving through it and there was nothing that could bring no sweet words. Like nothing could help me out of it. Not even my birthday. It was just like, I'm just not okay right now. And I have to just be okay with that. And I don't know why I'm going through this, but I know I'm being guided to do it like this. And that evening, my sisters that were there, I was sitting in a chair and they all gathered around me and they put their hands on me and they sang to me. And they spoke whatever the moment offered to them to speak to me and like literally just healed me through one of the most difficult moments that I've ever been in in my life. I could feel as I was going through that, that I needed the feminine energy. As much as Aubrey is fucking brilliant, there are some things that feminine energy just does for you. And when you're cutting yourself off from that, it feels like you are exiling a massive source of your power. And what I wanted, my music and my art was for this to be something that draws women together. I ultimately see like using the music in offerings where I'm bringing women together. So it's like creating the sisterhood, like help helping to create a new code of how we relate to sisters because from what i can see is and just from what's happening in this group with mama gina and what's happening between me and my sisters that i have in my life like the force that we are together is so fucking powerful of course the world as it heralded through darkness needed to divide women from each other why did women in indigenous cultures used to moon together they would all cycle at the same time and they would go into a moon lodge and that was when they were really sensitive and they would get all the downloads for the tribe and like all these old ancient things of women covens of witches or the priestesses in egypt or wherever there's all these stories of like women being powerful together and then all of a sudden it was like all these ways that the feminine got exiled from women and from men. And, and then we... it was terrible or disgusting. If you look at thousands of years ago, the fields would get sprinkled with the moon blood, with the period blood. It was sacred. Oh, yeah. Women in order, order yeah. to quote fertility. And then all of a sudden, quote, all of a sudden we find ourselves in a time and age where it's like, oh, it's disgusting that you're bleeding. You've got to hide it. And yeah. when I got my first period. It was something you were hiding and being ashamed of. I'm so glad to see now that slowly since a few years ago, 
this is getting celebrated. And that's how young girls and women all around the world should be taught about this most sacred part of being a woman. And For sure. I love your al album, Goddess Rise. There is a particular track that I really I like the entire album. It's wonderful. Thank you. There's one track <laughs> Thank you. that is so powerful and it's a spoken word track, Enough, where it's, it begins with, we had enough, the violation, mm -hmm. the condemnation of the full expression that it has an expiration. And mm -hmm. I love that. It's so powerful. Your album is also call to action in that sense. And yeah. We look at the feminine collective and community is so important. So what you're doing with Mama Gina, what people all around the world, people who identify as female, feminine, connecting with each other, empowering each other. I'm so grateful for my circle are doing that. There's real power. We can affect a real change and shift. I would yeah. like to know from you, from your perspective as the feminine collective. And of course, we find ourselves, you, I'm speaking about you and I, and this is what you call it, not speculating, but I think from what I know from you and certainly from me, we are very lucky. We, we're fortunate. We have amazing men in our lives. We have amazing sisters mm -hmm. in our lives. We live in a country where we can actually express ourselves without threat mm -hmm. to our health and lives. But so from your perspective, where do you think as the divine feminine collective, where are we today? We see mm. a lot of waking up, but there's also a lot of regression yeah. in Afghanistan and Iran. But even if yeah. you're in our country, reproductive rights getting impinged on, or you look at Poland or Italy, where they're calling for, oh, a woman to return, re quote, return to her place in the kitchen and rearing children, yeah. where if that's your true calling, that's beautiful and it's sacred. However, it should never be imposed upon you that this is the only choice you have. Where do you see, within all of this swirling around us, where do you see us as the divine feminine collective? Where are we right now globally and where do you see us going? Yeah, I would say we are on like, I would say like this type of conversation, as you mentioned, because we are incredibly privileged to live the lives that we do. If you look at the landscape of the globe in Iran right now, the revolution that's happening around the liberation of the feminine, just they're saying women life freedom, like just how all of their freedoms have been taken from them, how they've been abused and violated and not even treated as well as we treat animals. Like it's just like, it's insane and maddening. And so I feel like that feels like it's a massive rupture where it's happening. And even though it hasn't had the media around it that it should, I don't like using the word shame, but like how dare news outlets not cover something like that. I could go do a rage dance just thinking about that. I won't go there, but it feels like it's just starting to open. Like that sense of rupture feels like it, it, almost like earthquake energy or volcanic energy where there's a big rupture and it's a big shift in energy. And now people across the world are hearing their voices. They're standing beside behind something that they believe in. They're angered by it. They're with them in it. But it's it's really hard to say. I I truly believe that for us to have a shot at helping this planet that 
the energetics of the masculine and feminine have to balance out. That's not saying like feminine rising, I think, can sometimes be used in a way that feels like it's not inclusive of the masculine. That's not going to work. What it needs is for there to be the recalibration of the balance between the two. And that firstly exists within us. And then that is also reflected in the landscape of the feminine. But I feel that with what I can see in my vision and the truth that I feel in my heart, I believe that by the end of my lifetime, things are going to be incredibly different. And I think that there is going to be, because I I feel that in my daughter, I will eventually have, I think that the feminine leadership is going to be is going to be creating an entirely different planet by the time by the time that I go what that actually looks like in real time I have no idea however the last 3 years like from 2020 to 2022 or to now for instance with the global initiation that we all went into and what that is not felt like a catapult into things that didn't even seem possible before. It's like the way that a diamond is forged is like through resistance and the heat and the pressure and it's forging something greater. And it, you know, um, Matthias Stefano actually talks about it. It's like the things that are necessary to create change. Like we were all just like cruising before. Like the things that we thought were important before 2020 completely changed the two years later but like we're totally reorienting our own sense of how we relate to the world and our safety and the government and the way things operate there's so many things that have shifted radically because of that intense pressure that we felt from two years of being in lockdown and so i it's hard to say i feel like we're only at the beginning I feel like all the women that came before us and women's suffrage and getting rights for women, being able to vote, having just having a say. And I know that's being withdrawn at this moment, but the choice of what to do with their own body, Mm -hmm. there's definitely been a regression in a sense. But I think that women have had enough of a taste of freedom that they feel like their voices will be heard and there are men that will stand behind it. Even in Iran, there are men who are dying. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. This because is, they stood yeah. for the liberation of the feminine. Like that, oh, that and whole is, situation yep, is. It breaks my heart. And it breaks angry, my heart. emotional and like all the things. But it's like there, there are enough examples, I would say. And, and maybe people could say I'm naive because my perspective is only small and looking at certain things. I'm sure there's way more things that are happening in the world that I have no idea about. But my sensing is that we're like, we're just getting started. I agree. And I feel like enough has happened to lay the groundwork to where you and I can have this conversation right now where I can speak very candidly about the way that I see the world and I'm not going to get attacked or I might be verbally attacked, but I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to get bodily harm for speaking what I see. And just witnessing like all of these powerful voices of the feminine. There's a couple of things I think are really important that that you actually acknowledged, Valana. And uh, the one thing is that the feminine rising is not about subjugating the male, because that would just be the other side of the same coin. Exactly. Balancing it out. And the other thing is to acknowledge, such as what's happening in Iran, 
that there's a lot of good men who are standing at the side of women. So this is a, because wherever women get mistreated, it's also bad for men. Wherever one part of humanity is repressed and subjugated, the same happens in a sense also to the other part of humanity. There's something that even looking at our own, the culture that we live in, I think is really crucial. And something that you stand for, Valana, is mastery through embodiment. You express your deepest truth through your life, which is also your art in a sense, and also you work as an artist, as a singer, songwriter, dancer, and also as a healer. So I feel that for us women, there's um, a particular set of obstacles to being fully embodied. We're very much told by the culture that we're living in to be sexy. However, there's still kind of a stigma to the being sexual and owning your sexuality, you know, own your sexuality or you'll be punished and ostracized. Night thought came off when you said that perfect timing. (laughs) (laughs) While we're shaking off these things slowly, and especially when I look at the younger generations of women and also men who are embracing freedom much more radically and unapologetically, and I love witnessing it, from your perspective and your experience, how can people, individuals who identify as women, who are just at the beginning of this journey of liberation of freeing themselves, how can they deal with this? How can they make sure they don't get stuck with this old stigma? How, they, mm-hmm. can, they, how can they help themselves soar? Yeah, I really feel that the most expedient way to experience your own ability to reconnect to the parts of you that have been exiled is ultimately like how I'm hearing it. So it's like society says, look this way. We totally glorify and idolize models and actresses and it should be this look. So it's like everyone is trying to like mold themselves into this socially acceptable kind of woman to to feel like they're valid in the world, to feel like they are enough in the world is ultimately how I see it. And so how instead of living in the living in agreement with those constructs, how can you then rediscover your own sense of, of truth? So a couple of things come to mind. First is I think having the recognition, this has been something that has like radically helped me in my own sense of like all the ways that my upbringing, society, just life has molded me into feeling like I'm not enough. And maybe if I use this hair product, it would be better. Or maybe if I got a nose job to look like her, it'll be better because she... And and these are all like, I'm not saying these things with any judgment too. I have absolute honor for anyone's choices to do whatever they want with their own body. It, like that's that's not what I'm trying to say here, but it's uh, understanding that you are a unique expression in the facet, a facet in the diamond of God that can only be you in this time, in the entirety of the cosmos. So why would you want to be anybody else when you're the only one that can be you in this life? 
Because I think what we see is it's like having that realization to notice where maybe I'm measuring myself up to this sister who has more followers and she does things this way and oh, more people want to listen to her. And maybe that means I'm not doing it good enough. So maybe I should. It's no, just what if I so audaciously and radically be myself in every single given moment, because that is ultimately why God created us all, is to experience God through our unique soul signature. It's not, God didn't be like, let me create Vailona with so intricately, perfectly with, she's going to sing and she's going to really love dancing and she can help people in this way and she'll have brown hair and she'll, like whatever. And then I'm like, okay, but let me like try to be like her instead. And he's, wait, but not he. I'm just using an anthropomorphized idea, but it's, wait, but I created you to be you because I wanted to experience life through your unique essence. And when we realize that, it's, man, how much of my life have I, and my attention and my energy have I been giving away to trying to be like everybody else? Mm-hmm. And how sad is that? And I'm not innocent of this. This is another initiation that I'm going through for myself where I'm like, wow, if I'm ever in comparison with another person, I'm completely robbing myself of the gift that it is to be so uniquely me. Yes. And that feels like it's a really important first step and acknowledgement is mm-hmm. to like look yourself in the mirror and really own that, not just understanding them intellectually as words, but like looking to yourself as the most, as if you were Mama Gina. For those of you who don't know Mama Gina, she is a stand for your absolute most radiant brilliance and full spectrum. And she will not accept anything else. Like she's like this awesome mother that's just like, no, I don't accept, I don't accept that. Like it's very simple and not dramatic. So like any part of you that wants to like squirm and be like, but wait, she's like, no, I don't accept that. And imagining like her voice in your head, that's just like <laughs> really helping you to own that part of yourself. Beautiful. And you said something before, and that's also, you said audaciously, but I know audacious is also your word for 20 years. for this year. Yes. So what does being audacious mean to you? Yeah. The audacity is the part of me that just goes fully for it. That is Mm -hmm. not holding any part of my radiance, my sexuality, my power, my truth. There have been parts of me I've noticed that knows whether something will be like acceptable or where maybe I'll take some arrows because maybe my opinion will Um, potentially trigger somebody. Uh, And there's a part of me that has been in fear with Mm -hmm. fully expressing myself because of not wanting the backlash of somebody else that wants to tear that down or is doesn't see that within themselves. So they're like, fuck your arrows. So the audacity is just like this part of me that is more integrated in a sense that I have had the arrows shot at me. And I know how painful that feels and it's who do I then become knowing that's totally possible and very likely going to happen the more the more influence that I may have and I don't mean that from a sense of power but it's like the more that I am living my dharma and my like full radical vailana truth there are going to be forces that are not going to like that for many reasons and so it's like 
the audacity is the part of me that just says, fuck all of that. Like, I'm not holding back for the sake of anyone else. This is, I'm doing this entirely to be a stand for my fullness, for my radiance, for to be the permission slip for other women to feel like they can do it. And I'm not holding anything back. I'm not letting anything like make me cower in fear. I'm just like, I'm showing up in my fullness, like in a different way than I have before, because I definitely think I've been very audacious in my past. I won't say that I haven't been, but there are there are other layers. Whereas no, like I'm taking it up at least 10 more notches. And Good. I can't wait. Some really, some people really aren't going to like it. And even more than ever, it's that's totally yours. And that's not for me. And if I trigger the fuck out of you, like you're welcome. I hope that it becomes, me- I hope you turn it into medicine. Like it's like that <laughs> level of thinking where yeah. um, it's my commitment to myself to not yeah. like retreat back and feel like, oh, let me ruminate on this person saying super mean shit about my art or whatever it may be and allow that to take all of my energy. No, let me transmute that, move it through my body. And hey, guess what? I'm coming back stronger. You're welcome. (laughs) Awesome. And talking about medicine, music is clearly one of the modalities through which you share medicine with the world. You also mentioned in the beginning of our conversation something I'd love for you to share with the audience. And that is something you are doing together with your husband, Aubrey. And this is, a, it's called Fit for Service, which is a mm-hmm. container, a gathering, a, gosh, what, a, a teaching space. Can you let us know a little bit more about that, Bailena? Yeah, Fit for Service. So for this year, we actually turned it into a year-long program that we facilitate this very sacred container for people to become fit within themselves. To be fit for service, you first have to be fit with yourself. So it's taking them on a journey of really intimately meeting themselves to it on a deep level. So they go through different initiatory practices, which vary every summit that we have. But it's ultimately to help them like really reclaim like the fullness of themselves. Like some of the work that we do is with shadow work. We do a lot of things that are body related, like breath work, different workshops. We bring in incredible speakers who are leading thinkers in in consciousness and healing. So yeah, so we're we're bringing people together. Like I don't know if you've ever experienced like a plant medicine ceremony. So for people who have experienced ayahuasca, you go through ayahuasca, which is a big initiation for most people, they don't have just like a brilliant, easy time. Like me doing ayahuasca retreat. But by the end of it, it's like you've gone so deep into yourself in the presence of sharing it with other people. And something about going through that experience with other people feels like you create a kinship that is like almost like you're automatically soul family for life. Like maybe you don't talk all the time, but it's, wow, I really, I really found my ohana. Like there's like this just like familial sense to it. And fit for service is just that. Like it is not meant to just be a learning space. It's meant to push you into your edges and things that might bring up some really deep, unresolved, unexpressed emotion, trauma, whatever it may be. And it, and it's, allowing you to be held in the safety of a container that can absolutely and entirely hold space for you. So it's like going on the healing path and not having to do it 
by yourself. Every single person, we've done stats and stuff like post summits where people just answer a series of questions and 100% of the people that come through Fit for Service feel like they've met a lifetime friend. Wonderful. So what we see for a lot of people in the container is it's the first time they've ever felt at home in their life because the container is just so full of love and acceptance. Um, and for people who, it, myself included, who just felt very alone all of my life, I feel like a black sheep. I feel like people don't see me. I don't know how to trust in people to hold space for me. So I just deal with it all myself to be just carried into this space where there are so many people who might be entirely strangers, but you feel this absolute love and and honor and respect and compassion from other people. Like it changes the perspective and the way that you view the world. The first time I was in the fit for service container when Aubrey and I got together, it gave me hope that the world could change mm-hmm. the first time because yeah. I saw a gathering of people who are really there doing the work, showing up for themselves, and then taking that ripple effect into their own lives, into their own communities, and continuing to make this impact because we all need each other to do it. Um, and it's been, yeah, really beautiful. It's one of the greatest honors um, of my life. So we have three summits a year uh, that we get to drop in deep with everyone and, and then um, a bunch of other stuff that we do uh, virtually. Um, and it's amazing. Where can people who'd like to learn more about that find that? It's yeah. fitforservice.com. You can go to fitforservice.com. Let me just check that is I know it just changed. It used to be aubreymarcus.com, but I believe we just secured. I should know this. I apologize. No worries. Um, yeah, it's fitforservice.com. <laughs> and also people who'd like to learn more about you and your offerings, Vailana, mm-hmm. because aside from what you do with your husband, you're a force of nature. Thank you. So where can they find out more about you or connect with you? Thank you. Yeah. So my Instagram is at Vailana, V-Y-L-A-N-A. If you go to the link in my bio, it will have updated with all of my most recent things that I've offered, whether it's been my, you can find my album on there. I have the visual album. It's a film called Rise of the Goddess. It's Which is amazing, way. by the way. The visuals are so stunning and beautiful and sensual. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So it's all the music is within there, but it, there's a lot more storytelling and then just matching um, visually the transmission with with the feeling of the music is a really potent and powerful activation. So I highly encourage Holly to- power. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But yeah, everything in my link in bio is typically updated to sound healings, podcasts I've recently been on. And then I also have vailana.com where you can find any same thing. It'll pretty much be the same, but just a more aesthetically beautiful place to go find it. But all of my most updated things, my YouTube is YouTube slash Vailana. And I have all of my sound healings, music, everything on there. So you can find me hmm. in all those places. I am. Yeah. The yeah. sound healings. All right. For those of guys, you guys listening, I mean, <laughs> that, that, that sound healings are just so beautiful and transcendental. And for me, they leave me with such a sense of peace. That alone, yeah. do yourselves a favor and check it out. They're getting like, I have a, that's going to be a really big part of my year this year. I last year focused really heavily on my, my album as a solo artist. But this year I'm focusing really heavily on this guidance that I've received around facilitating sound healings. And I will just say that 
for whatever reason, when 2023 started, what is coming through my voice is getting, it's on an entirely different level in the best way. I'm ultimately, I'm the conduit for vibrational information. And it's, it feels like it's, the time is now for really important things to shift. And so I, it's going to be a really big focus of mine this next year. So you'll be able to find all of them on my YouTube. And yeah. <laughs> I'll make sure to put all of this in the show notes as well. But lastly, but not leastly, Valana, there's a question I like to ask every honored guest on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's about a practice or practices that have elevated your life mentally, physically, and or spiritually. Mm -hmm. Is there something particular right now or something that's been with you for a long time you'd be willing yeah. to share with us? Yeah, this one's definitely probably for people who don't know, it might catch everyone in left field a little bit. But I actually something that has been so significant to me recently is actually doing a ecstatic dance of rage. Mm -hmm. And so my song Into the Fire that's on my album, I actually created it to be to be the container where instead of having to pair violence with anger by like punching pillows or boxing or anything like that. It's like a, giving yourself full permission to feel whatever is ready to be felt. It doesn't need to be attached to any kind of thought. You don't have to think of an ex that pissed you off that you haven't forgiven or your father who did this when you were young. Like you don't have to do any of that. It's like I give my body, I give myself full permission to feel whatever is ready to move allowing the music to dance through your body and let it move the energy because like in in the movement through your body it is transmuting and it's also allowing for the energy that's been really stuck is allowing it to just move up and out and then you can get really in touch with probably the more tender emotions that are beneath it and this does not necessarily I'm for most people for me at least every time that I've done it it mostly has to do with something that is involving myself. But there have also been other times where I've actually did this dance in relation to what's happening in Iran. Because it's like when you feel like something so atrocious is happening and there's not a lot that you can do about it other than using your voice, using your platform, can't even send money. So it's, it feels like a very helpless feeling. Like I feel so much about this particular thing happening in the world. And I don't know what to do with that, but I'm angry. I'm upset. Everything that comes with that is let yourself dance it. It, it feels like it takes some sense of authority back and know that your dance is dancing for the people who are not able to. So you don't even have to necessarily, I mean, it's very helpful to do it for yourself, but you can also do it for other people. Like we're all part of the human collective. We're all connected to some degree energetically. So just knowing that there, the body, in my opinion, is the wisdom. There's a lot of intellectual ideas that you can have in your mind. You can understand a lot of things. You could read a million books. Cool. Your body is an ancestor. Your body is holds ancient codes that have been evolving over thousands of years. Like your body is attuned to things that you don't even understand in your mind. And your body is a place of wisdom. So when you give your body the permission to do what it needs to do, you'll be amazed at what you learn about yourself, at what you learn about, at what you learn of 
you're healing, you're wounding the world. There's so much intelligence in here. And the more I feel that the more we can get in touch with it, whether it be Rage or my other song, Out of Exile, is about our the sacredness of our sexuality. So maybe you want to be in, maybe you don't really know how to comfortably be sensual around people and you're afraid of expressing in that way, but you just want to be in your own practice of, oh, I'm just going to be in here for me and feel how delicious and pleasurable that is. And, and it's not for anyone. I'm not doing it to show off. I'm not doing it for somebody's approval or attention. I'm doing this purely for the sake of being in my own sensuality and sexuality. And that is so enlivening. So I would encourage, and, and if you have a different idea with an emotion you want to express, do it through dance. Awesome. Dance. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you, Vailana. That's that I've I have not heard that one yet. And it makes so much sense. Move these things through your body, express yourself. And deepest gratitude to you for sharing your wisdom, for sharing yourself with us. It was such a pleasure uh to connect with you here, Vailana. And uh yeah, made my day. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Such like wonderful brilliant questions and articulation and just thank you so much to your audience for tuning in and yeah can't wait to see where yeah just where life goes fucking celebrate everyone watching i'm freaking celebrating you cheering you on live your dharma live your story celebrate yourself thank you so much for those of you who want to do a deeper dive and start optimizing mentally physically and spiritually head over to my newsletter to superhumanize.com slash newsletter and sign up superhumanize accelerated evolution